0: Bringing hope to many around the globe. Transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mansa Otebill. And now, today's Word. Exodus chapter 14 verses 30, 31 and jump to Exodus 15, 1 and 2. But we're going to read it without a uh, break just for you to understand that when the Bible was written originally, there were no chapters and verses. Chapters and verses were introduced just to make it easy for us to make references. So we're just going to read from the last part of chapter 14 and right through to chapter 15, 1 and 2. Are you ready? All right, so it says, So the Lord saved Israel that day, out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My Father's God and I will exalt him. Just uh, to bring your attention to something uh, I said last week uh, before I get into my teaching for today. Last week, you remember when I was teaching on Mark chapter 16, from verse 17, Jesus said, these signs shall follow them or those who believe in my name. And he said the things that uh, they would do in his name. And I explained last week that the reason why Jesus said these signs shall follow them that believe. If you look at the context, the context is that after Jesus resurrected from the dead, Uh, Some people saw him, and they went to report to his disciples, but the disciples did not believe because they had not seen him. And because they had not seen him, they didn't believe. Uh, And later on, Jesus showed himself to them, and then they believed. And Jesus says, that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to believe before you see, not see before you believe. You remember I taught that last week? That in the Christian life we believe before we see, we don't see before we believe. Now I want you with that in mind, look at something from the passage we just read in Exodus chapter 14. It's Exodus chapter 14, verse 31. It says, Thus Israel saw the great word or the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. Israel saw, feared, and believed. That's what Israel did. They saw, they feared, and they believed. That's how the people of Israel related to God. They see something, then they tremble and say, wow, that is powerful. And then they believe God. But in Christianity, that's not how... We go about it. We don't see before we believe. We believe before we see. When Jesus appeared to Thomas, Thomas saw Jesus and said, Oh, my Lord, my God. Jesus said, No, Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. The, one of the reasons why God had a lot of problem with the children of Israel was because they function by seeing and believing. And so when they were hungry, they couldn't believe God will give them food. They will complain, complain, complain. And then God gives them manna. They see the manna, and they believe, oh, now God will feed us. When they are thirsty, they couldn't believe God will give them water. They had to see water from a rock before they believed. They always had to wait to see before believing. In the Christian life, we do the opposite. We believe before we see. Now, that is always difficult because we live in a world that has mastered the adage, seeing is believing. If you want me to believe, show it to me. That is how we are naturally. But spiritually, that is not how we're supposed to be. Spiritually, we don't wait to see before we believe. We believe first. And then we see. The Christian life is not about seeing things to believe. It's about believing things to see them. So if you want God to do something for you and you want to see it, you have to first believe it. And how do we believe? We believe God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So God says something. Although we haven't seen it, we believe it. And because we believe it, we see it. But in the natural world, we see it and we say, now I believe. But in God's world, we believe and we see. And Israel's struggle with God is that they lived in a culture that says, I have to see it before I believe it. And Jesus struggled with his disciples on that because they were Jews too they operated by the same principle. If they haven't seen it, they they can't believe it. Everybody can see it, say it. They won't believe it because they have to see it first. Jesus says that's not how it's supposed to be. You have to believe it first. Everybody say believe first before you see it. Say one more time. Say, I believe, believe. therefore I see. see. One more time. I believe, therefore I see. Last time. I believe. Therefore, I see. That's the Christian life. We believe and we see. If you want to see signs and wonders, you don't go looking for signs and wonders. You believe what God says, and then you see the signs and wonders. You don't go chasing for miracles. You believe the word of God, and then you see the miracles. If you go looking, you never find. In Christianity, we believe and then we see. All right, so that's just uh, something I wanted you to uh, pay attention to. But let's go to uh, what I want to teach on, which will be from uh, chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. There are two main points I want to teach on today before we pray. The first is how I know God. How do I know God? In, in what way do we know God? Now Moses, after the children of Israel had come out of the Red Sea and the Egyptians had been destroyed, raised a song, and in the song he talks about my father's God and he talks about my God. How do we know God? We know God first through our father's God. That's what Moses is talking about. My father's God. I know him because he's the God of my father's. I've heard of him in the past. Now, why did Moses talk about my father's God? Now, if you know your Bible well, which you should know if you're a member of this church because I teach the Bible. So you must read your Bible. I teach the Bible. When God appeared to Moses on Mount Horeb in the burning bush, he said to Moses, I am the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. What is God saying? He says, Moses, I am the God that your fathers believe in. I am the God of your fathers. The God you've heard about in the past, the God of your fathers. Now, why did God appear to Moses and say to Moses, I am the God of your fathers? Because Moses did not have a personal relationship with God why so because you remember when Moses was born just as a baby he was taken out from the land of Israel and he was taken to the Egyptian quarters and he lived with Pharaoh's family so the god he knew were the gods of the Egyptians he has grown a Hebrew but he didn't know God so God appeared to him and said Moses I am not Isis I am the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, I'm the God of Jacob, the God of your fathers. So when Moses is singing, he says, my father's God, I will exalt him. But that's not all. Also about my God, my God, I will sing unto the Lord, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. And then he says, He is my God and I will praise him. My God, I know him presently and personally. We know God in two levels. The God of our fathers and our God. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and then my God. Now, the reason I'm saying this is, you know, Sometimes, in our effort to be spiritual, we become babies in Christ. And a lot of spirituality is actually babyism or immaturity. You know, these days, sometimes you hear uh, even Christians talk about the God of their past, the God of Otabel. The God of sin, the so and so, and the God of that. And And they think that if they, they say things like that, they are showing spiritual maturity. But actually, it is showing spiritual immaturity. Because the reason why you talk about your father's God is because you don't know God for yourself. But when you know God for yourself, you don't just talk about my father's God, you talk about my God. My God. So Moses said, there was a time he was my father's God. But now he is my God. And these days it's become popular. People talk about Otabel's God, Oye Debo's God, Adeboye's God. And then some, you know, some man of God or woman of God's God. Now if you say that, it means you don't know God for yourself. Because when you come to know God for yourself, you don't talk about him in relation to your father. You talk about him because he is my God. He is my God. When Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer, he didn't say, the God of Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. He said, you pray and say, our Father. Not my, my pastor's God, not my church's God, not some the God of a mountain or God of a home or a God of a shrine. My God. Two levels of knowing him. The God of my father's my God of the two, the superior one is my God. The God of my fathers because I didn't know him, but now I've come to know him. Now the reason why Moses used the two is because all the time from Mount Horeb, the burning bush is the God of Abraham, the God of your fathers, the God of your fathers. But after they cross the Red Sea, he says "It's not just the God of the fathers. He is my God. And if you study your Bible carefully, you'll find that from that time onwards in the nation of Israel, the phrase, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, began to fade away. And he became the God of Israel, the God of the people. They don't know him because Abraham said it. They know him because they have come to find him. And as you read the Bible, you find that phrase fades away from the language of Israel. Because now they have a personal encounter with God. When you have a personal encounter with God, you don't serve him through somebody. You know him for yourself. Most times, you know, in the Christian world, habits are formed. And habits are formed because we hear things on radio, we see things on TV, we hear people say, you know, this is... Uh, so and so's God, and this is the God of this altar. And that's the latest one I'll be hearing. The God of this altar. And, and I hear Christians, you know, talking and say, I connect to the altar. I say, you know, sometimes I don't know where, where did you ever find that phrase? We don't connect to any altar. You don't come to connect, you come to connect to Jesus. What kind of altar are you connecting to? And they think it is profound spirituality. I, I sow into the altar. I connect. No. You connect to Jesus Christ. You connect to Jesus Christ. He's the center of our faith. Christianity is not utabilism. Christianity is about Christ. Christ is the center. <laughs> Don't remove him from the center. Keep him at the center of your faith. My father's God. And sometimes, you know, when you are a baby Christian, your faith is based on somebody. If you are young in this church, you have just got born again. Your faith is based on, oh, pastor says it now, I believe it will. Pastor says it, I believe it is done. But you have, to trans, you have to grow beyond that to the point where you say, God says it, I believe it is done. God says it, I believe it is done. From that time, you are not just on the faith of the fathers. You've come to know God for yourself. So that's the first thing we note in Moses' song and what he means uh, when he speaks those words. The second thing I thought that I want to focus on is who is God to me? Who is God to me? And Moses talks about three ways of a personal relationship with God. He says first, God is my strength. God is my strength. The word strength means the one who protects me. The one who keeps me. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's the one I depend on. God is my strength. This my God. He is my strength. He is my protector. He is the one who keeps me from evil. And he's saying all of this with the background of what has just happened overnight. The Egyptians are being swallowed up by the Red Sea, and he sees them scattered. And he says, God is my protection. God is my strength. We had no protection. We had no army. And these people came against us, but the Lord is my strength. Listen, if you're going to know God, you have to know him as your strength. He's your protector. He keeps you from every enemy attack and every enemy assault. That's the first thing. Secondly, he says, the Lord is my song. The one I praise, the one I celebrate. You know, many times when great things happen to us, we want to give somebody the praise. We want to give somebody the credit. We want to say, but for this person or that person, it would not be done. Moses says, God is the one I celebrate. He's my song. He's the song of my lips. When God, something happens to me, I sing about the Lord. I sing about his goodness. It's always important to know whom to give the credit of your miracle to. Even if I pray for you, the credit goes to God. The one you sing about, it's not me. You don't compose a song and say, we worship you, Otabel. We praise you, Otabel. No. You sing of the Lord. You sing of his beauty. You sing of his goodness. He may use somebody, but that's all he did. He used the person but the power is of the Lord. And so our song must always be of the Lord. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. And the third thing Moses says, the Lord has become my salvation. The one who makes me do well, the one who makes me prosper, the one who treats me well, That's what the word salvation is. The word salvation, you know, many times when we think about salvation, we think about sin, salvation from sin. And that is an inclusive part of salvation. The word salvation simply means to be delivered. So you are in something and God pulls you out of the thing. He saved you from it. So if you are in sin, he pulls you out from sin. But sin is not the only thing we fall into Sometimes you fall sick and he pulls you out of the sickness. He's your salvation. Sometimes you go broke and he pulls you out of broke. He's your salvation. Sometimes you are confused and he pulls you out of confusion. He's your salvation. The Lord is my salvation means he's the one who makes my life well. He's the one who makes things go on well for me. He's not just the one who saves me from sin, but he delivers me from everything. And why did Moses say that? Because he saw the great deliverance of the Lord. And he says, God has done a wonderful thing for me. An army came against me with horses and chariots and horsemen, and we have nowhere to run. But the Lord pulled us out of trouble. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my salvation. He did all of these things because he's my God. I knew him first as my father's God. But now, from this experience, I know that the same God who was with the fathers is also with me. The God who delivered the fathers is the same God who has delivered me. So he's not just the father's God. He is my God, my strength, my song and my salvation and that is how God wants us to know him and I believe that in this next five days that you will you would know God and you can also say my God my father's God has become my God and he has become my strength my song and my salvation you will experience a new song, you will sing a new song, you experience the salvation of the Lord, and the Lord will be your strength in the name of Jesus. What he did in the past, he will do for you today. What he did for the fathers in the Bible, he's doing for us today. If you read it in the Bible, it will happen to you today. The new stories of God are not the stories of the fathers. It is the God who is at work in our lives today and doing wonderful things in our lives so we can sing new songs to him and testify of him afresh. Let's get up on our feet as we pray. We're going to focus our prayer on these three concepts and we'll pray accordingly about them. So I'm going to lead you to make a declaration and then based on that, we're going to pray about the first declaration. Say with me, the God of the Bible is my God. What he said in his word in times past he says to me today in the name of Jesus I declare that all the promises of God to me are yes and amen. How many of you believe the God of the Bible is your God, the God you read about in relation to Noah and Abraham and Isaac and all the miracles there? He's not their God; He's also your God. So, if you truly believe and claim the promises of God for yourself, if He says by His stripes you are healed, receive healing. If He says he will prosper, you'll prosper, you receive prosperity. If He says He's your deliverer, receive deliverance. Whatever He said. In time past, he's saying it to you now. His promises are yes. His promises are amen. What he did yesterday, he will do today. The God of the Bible is my God. The God of Abraham is my God. The God of Peter is my God. The God of Paul is my God. The God of Elijah is my God. My father's God is my God. The Bible God is my God. His promises are my promises. His words are my words. In the name of Jesus, what he has promised you, he is able to do it. Just claim it. Receive it. Think of what he has said in his word. Think of what he has promised in his word. And say, Father, I receive these promises into my life. I receive them into my life. I claim them into my life, Lord. You said that you would deliver. I claim deliverance. You said you are the Savior. I claim salvation. You say, Lord, you are my helper. I receive help from you. Whatever you promise, I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Lord. Your promises are yes. If you said it, it is yes. If you said it, it is amen. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, if you really believe that God of the Bible is your God, when Moses was singing this song, he saw God give him a very, very glorious victory. And he says, the Lord has triumphed gloriously. Not just triumphed, but triumphed in a way that is ish. It is wow. It is amazing. It is Mind-boggling. Why? Because he says the horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. He, they came to the sea; it was locked. The people were crying to Moses. Moses is crying to God. God says, "What you have? In, what do you have in your hand?" Moses says, "I have just a stick I got from Mount Horeb. He says, "Stretch upon the waters," and the waters parted walk through it. They walked on dry ground and as they were walking on dry ground they had the chariots and the horsemen of Egypt coming behind them and they said we are done but they went out of the water and the water closed up behind them and in the morning they saw all the enemies they feared for 430 years they have feared these people. And all of that sudden, these people that have tormented them for 430 years are lying dead on the shore. And he says, I will sing of the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. May God give you such a testimony. That you will also sing of the Lord gloriously. Say with me, the God of the Bible is my God. What he did for the people in the Bible, he's doing for me today. In the name of Jesus, I celebrate God's glorious victory in my life. How many of you believe that? That there's going to be a glorious victory there's going to be a glorious victory. Something that has run after you, it has run after you, it is running after you, it is pursuing you, it seeks to destroy you, but you will see it no more. (laughs) The Lord will triumph gloriously, the Lord will triumph gloriously. Now begin to pray it, that which is pursuing, that which is coming against you, it is going to fall by the shore, the horse and the rider they will be thrown into the sea. The Lord is your strength. The horse and the rider, the horse and the rider, they will be thrown into the sea. They will not catch up to you. They will not catch up to you. They will not overtake you. They will not be at level with you. They will be thrown into the sea. The Lord will triumph gloriously. The Lord will triumph gloriously. The Lord will triumph gloriously in the name of Jesus. And finally, The last declaration we make. Say with me, the God of the Bible is my God. He will complete every good work he's doing in me and for me. In the name of Jesus, I receive the perfection of God's works in my life. Whatever God begins in your life, you will complete it. Once he starts, he will end. He's the Alpha and Omega. He, if he offers it, he will Omega it. If he offers it, he will Omega it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. If he Author's it, he will finish it. He will complete it. It will not be half finished. It will not be quarter finished. It will not be three quarter finished. It will be perfectly finished. There will be a perfect end to your story. I said there'll be a perfect end to your story. There'll be a beautiful end to your story. There'll be a glorious end to your story. Thank you for listening to Live and Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Ultimate, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensap Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call 233 302 688 000.